Welcome to Jonathan on Money, the personal finance podcast that brings you the latest insights and strategies to help you achieve your financial goals. I'm your host, Jonathan I. Shankman. On this podcast, we'll cover everything from investing, financial planning, retirement, and behavioral finance. I'll share advice and practical tips to help you make the most of your money. So whether you're just starting out or looking to take your finances to the next level, Jonathan on Money is here to help. Let's dive into this week's show. Welcome to today's episode. This week, we're going in focus where we explore more advanced wealth planning topics. Today, we're going to discuss CRTs as stretch IRA substitutes featuring Evan Unzelman, Chief Executive Officer of CRT Experts LLC based in Leesburg, Virginia. Before jumping into this week's program, keep in mind that you can follow all my latest content by subscribing to my newsletter. You can email me at jonathan at parkbridgewealth.com with the word newsletter in the subject line, and I'll be sure to add you to my distribution list. You can also check the show notes for how to subscribe to my newsletter as well. Today's show will cover how, without proper planning, the SECURE Act requires heirs to withdraw and pay tax on an inherited IRA within 10 years. If implemented correctly, designating a charitable remainder trust, or CRT, as the beneficiary of an existing IRA creates more lifetime spendable income for heirs, reduces income taxes during the crucial 10 years following the client's death, and maximizes overall family wealth. We'll discuss how it works, which clients benefit most, and how the planning is implemented. Today, we're privileged to hear from Evan Unzelman, who's the Chief Executive Officer of CRT Experts, LLC. Evan has over 20 years of specialized experience with charitable remainder trusts and is largely regarded as one of the nation's foremost experts on CRTs. One of the last, over the last two decades, he has reviewed thousands of CRTs and worked with tens of thousands of CRT beneficiaries, their families, and their advisors on all facets of CRT planning. From upfront design to complex CRT administration to CRT secondary planning, Evan provides unique insight at every stage of the CRT life cycle. Evan's experience with CRT secondary planning, such as sales, gifts, and exchanges of CRT income interest is particularly deep. Prior to forming CRT experts, he was the president of a charitable remainder planning firm where he helped develop the secondary market for CRT income interest and personally oversaw the successful completion of sale transactions for thousands of CRT beneficiaries across the U.S. Evan is a trusted resource for trusts and estates attorneys, CPAs, and financial advisors on all aspects of CRT planning. And with that introduction, I'll now turn the program over to Evan. Thank you, Jonathan. It's uh, it's great to be here. It's always good to see you and uh, excited to talk today about CRTs as stretch IRA substitutes. Uh, I'm sure everyone on this webinar is aware of uh, the SECURE Act ending the stretch IRA. Uh, probably most of you are aware of how a charitable remainder trust, a CRT, can, can replace that stretch. Um, and many of you have probably implemented the planning. And we'll certainly talk about that here today, sort of what I call the, the, the basics, the, you know, how it works, what the implementation options are, uh, how, how to go about using each one of, of those implementation options, which clients are fits, which clients are not fits. But... Uh, where I can provide, um, I think for, for everyone on this webinar, really the most value is um, going beyond that. So when, when we have a client who decides, yes, this is, this is what I want to do, that the, the, I, I want to restore the stretch on, on the IRA, 
sort of how I've always thought about my IRA is not just during my lifetime, but when I pass on, my kids taking that income over their remaining lifetimes, the CRT is a way to restore that. The next step, which is, okay, so what should that CRT look like? How should that CRT be designed? Something that we've seen, we've looked at a lot of CRTs over the last, last two decades, and something we saw a long before uh, the SECURE Act and using CRTs to replace the old stretch IRA is very often the, the client is not given the flexibility that they, they should be given with respect to the trust. And what I mean by that is uh, CRTs are, are, there's a lot of different things and features you can work into the CRT design under section 664, the internal revenue code. Um, and those, th th that flexibility is very often not fully, fully utilized. The client's not made aware of it. Um, and if the client's not aware that I can add my children or grandchildren as, as, as income beneficiaries, I can defer income during certain periods of the CRT. Um, if they don't know it exists, they're not going to ask about it. And so that's what, where I want to focus sort of the back half of the presentation. Um, and I think where, in terms of the takeaways, what will be um, quite useful for, uh, for everyone on the webinar this morning is, is around that. CRT design and maximizing the flexibility down the line for the clients uh, for the clients' heirs. Okay, so the the, the problem we all know um, the Secure Act ended the, the the stretch IRA. The beneficiaries now must withdraw all the assets uh, within ten years, um, and of course those distributions are going to be uh, taxed at the highest applicable rates. Um, this whether you want to call it a tax disaster. I've heard, well, Secure Act is effectively a large tax on an IRA after the death of a client. However you want to describe it, for many clients, for the clients who had planned on the IRA being stretched out over their, their, their heirs' lifetimes, um, this, is, this creates a problem. Um, and fortunately, though, we, with the Charitable Remainder Trust, have a pretty natural solution. Um, <clears throat> so, when we think about a, a, an IRA or a 401k, really at, at, the, at the core of it is tax efficiency. Tax efficiency is what's driving the value of the IRA or 401k. We're investing pre-tax dollars in a tax-free account. And even though the SECURE Act ended the stretch, so that IRA, that tax-free account can't be stretched anymore, what we can do with the, the CRT um, is replace that with the charitable remainder trust. The, the CRT is an exempt trust. Um, and so what we can do is at, upon the client's death, we can, the, the full value of the IRA can go into the CRT with no income tax. Like the IRA, the CRT is able to grow those assets tax-free. The investment advisor has that, the benefit of no tax drag on the investments moving forward. And also like an, like an IRA, the distributions to the beneficiaries of a CRT are taxable. Unlike an IRA, though, with the CRT, we can eventually get into capital gain on those with respect to the taxation on those distributions. So if we have, we'll, we'll look at an example where we have a million dollars going from an IRA into a CRT upon the IRA, IRA owner's death. With a CRT, the, the way that the taxation works, it's worst in, first out. So meaning we've got a million dollars of ordinary income that needs to be distributed out. But once that's distributed out, 
And as long as that the assets uh, in the CRT are invested for capital gain, we can then start taking a good portion of that income at the capital gains rate. So usually it's about 15 years into the CRT when we can get through that ordinary income, then we can start taking it at, at the capital gains rate. So we, uh, as we'll see, we actually have some advantages from a tax standpoint uh, down the road with, with the CRT. Uh, in terms of the, you can see the PLRs up on the screen. Um, there were some, during the 1990s, there were several uh, uh, IRS rulings that confirmed that a qualified trust, like a CRT, could be the beneficiary of a, of a qualified uh, retirement plan. And of course, we know that once the assets are inside of a CRT, um, the CRT is exempt from, from, from tax. So what we've been able to do here uh, is restore the stretch. So the CRT is preserving the pre-tax dollars in a tax-free account. The, the, the trust is growing tax-free under Section 664. Uh, the heirs are getting significantly more money. We'll look at an example uh, uh, later to look at, well, just how much more. Um, and I'll also say it's, when we look at the lens through which the decision is made, it, it's, it's not, in, in a lot of cases, it's option A, option B, what's the What's the most after, you know, what creates the most after-tax value in this case for the heirs? In this case, it's, 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 it's usually not that numerical. Usually in, in this case, it's a client that says either I'm fine with my kids getting, the, getting all, the, all the assets immediately, regardless of the tax costs, or we have the client that previously would have done the stretch IRA that says I would rather extend that income stream over my, my kid's lifetime, my grandkids' lifetime, and, and, and enjoy some of the other benefits of the, of, of the CRT, asset protection, um, adding multiple generations onto the CRT. Um, and with as long as the, uh, the, the planning here, the CRT is done through a testamentary trust, everything is revocable during the client's life. So they do have to take action during their lifetime, but they can make changes as changes occur. Grandkids are born, they wanna take beneficiaries off, add beneficiaries, we, we can do that. So it's very flexible uh, during the client's lifetime. In terms of you know, where it's a fit, where it's not a fit, you know, we're, because we're using a CRT, um, we there there are sort of a there is sort of a threshold we want to be we usually say it's about five hundred thousand dollars in 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 retirement plan assets when we would start to look at this with the CRT you know we do this does require trust administration so we need an administrator um, in some cases we're paying for a corporate trustee so we have some some costs that sort of put that a minimum threshold on in terms of the assets um, where we start to look at this of course clients are going to start looking at this as they get older. So what we'll typically say is 50 and older, uh, 500,000 or more in expected uh, or, or current and expected retirement uh, plan assets. Um, and of course, they've got the, the, um, the retirement plan. Um, who's not a fit? You know, so of course, clients who are gonna have, are gonna use most or all of the retirement plan themselves during their own lifetimes. Um, or clients who want to get their heirs all the money very quickly, immediately upon death, and they're not concerned about the tax cost. You know, obviously those are not gonna be fits for restoring the, the, the stretch and stretching that income out over, over multiple generations.
so uh, two two points here, um, and and the second is what what will bridge us into the back half and and um, some of this flexibility that I want to talk about. But but first is, you know, the 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 IRA owner does need to take action during their lifetime. You know, I I'm sure no one would argue on who's who's on the webinar here. One of the the biggest hindrances to to implementing planning is just is just inertia is getting the client to pull the trigger where here we do have some some natural urgency in the sense that you know the client cannot wait to do this uh, after their death this has to be existing upon their death so that does create some some urgency for the client to take action uh, ideally now but uh, certainly uh, you know within their lifetime before death. So there's, in terms of how do we implement the planning? So, so there are three general options, ways we can do this, an unfunded trust, a funded trust, or a testamentary trust. So with a funded CRT, and this could be an existing CRT, um, most CRTs within the trust instrument will allow for future contributions, additional contributions to the CRT uh, moving forward. As long as the CRT contains that language, um, that CRT can be named as the uh, uh, beneficiary of the IRA. In each of these cases, at the, the end result is this, the trust is named, whether it's a testamentary, unfunded or funded, is named as the beneficiary of the IRA. So we're going to go to the custodian of the IRA and, and, and uh, fill out the beneficiary designations form and name the trust as the beneficiary of the, of the retirement plan. Unfunded CRT, we don't see this a whole lot, but it's, it is an option. So in, you know, we can uh, fund it, create the CRT now, fund it nominally. Um, in some states, you, know, it's, you, know, you staple the 10 or $20 bill to the trust instrument, but uh, at the end of the day, in these these are qualified in terms of these are qualified trusts uh, as far as, as as state statute goes, but under the federal statute, there's no requirement for administration, and so that makes these uh, doable in the sense that you know if we had $100 in a CRT and we have to pay $500 a year to administer it, that's not going to work. So um, they are not required. We won't have that administration requirement, uh, so that would work. What we would, would, would typically recommend though, and in, in, in our experience, what's most common is to do this through a, through a testamentary trust, a, a, li a, a living trust or a, a, a will, a revocable trust or a will, sorry. Um, and so the way that we will go about this is so we, we, the first thing the client needs to do, and this is what will bridge us into the design of the CRT, is they need to think about the trust designations. Who do they want to be the income beneficiaries? And encouraging the client to think, and, and first making the client aware, um, but encouraging them to, let's, let's add as many beneficiaries, family members as we can. Let's extend the duration of the CRT as long as we can. Um, thinking about the structure of the CRT, um, there's different types of CRTs, NIMCRUTs and NICRUTs and CRATs and FLIPCRUTs. And so walking the client through the, 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 the different options that they have there, different payout rate options, who do they want to be the trustee, charitable beneficiaries. Once we have all that information, we can put together um, the, 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 the trust, which is not effective, which, which is, it doesn't, the effective date is when the trust is funded with the IRA. So until that the client, the IRA owner dies and the IRA assets go into the CRT, 
that the trust is uh, fully revocable and the client can make changes. It's flexible during the client's lifetime. Okay, so the CRT design. Um, sort of the, the way that I would couch the, the larger discussion here is, is just maximizing flexibility for the, for the client. Um, we're gonna talk specifically about the top two bullets that you see up on the screen, duration and deferral. Um, but really when we're looking at a CRT, we wanna think about this in all the CRT components. We look at trusteeship. So because this is the, 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 uh, the CRT's grantor is not the income beneficiary, the, 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 the IRA owner may want to restrict some flex, flexibility with respect to trusteeship. The trustee uh, is the, the foundation manager of, in the foundation context. The trustee uh, has control of the investments. The trustee has control of uh, the administrator, wh whoever's administering the, 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 the return. They have the compliance responsibility. Uh, some clients may want to uh, that trusteeship to rest with a corporate trustee. Um, most clients will are, are okay with that, um, with their heirs being the trustee uh, of, of the CRT. Same thing with, with the charitable beneficiary. In many cases, we see the, the, the donor advised fund, the family donor advised fund named as, as the beneficiary, but is the client, does the, does the IRA owner want to set in stone who the charitable beneficiary is, or are they okay with their heirs, their children and grandchildren having the flexibility to adjust the charity during, during their lifetimes or, or, or the fixed term? So thinking about those things, just making sure that we look at everything that's available within section 664, making the client aware of all of, all of, those, all of that flexibility, all of those options, and so that they can put in place a CRT that is designed, that's really custom built to maximize what, what they're trying to do. So to uh, sort of weave into the, what, what we'll talk about here for the balance of the, the, the presentation, uh, we'll use a, a working example. So we have, we have two families here. We have family A um, who inherits the IRA within that 10 year allowed stretch period. Uh, in, in many cases, it's year one. They're gonna take it all. Family B, uh, we're using the CRT. So that IRA, we're going to assume everything's identical in terms of it. We've got a million dollars going into uh, the CRT. Family A is going to take that million dollars over the 10-year stretch period. We're going to look at what does, you know, in terms of the total family income, how do these two options uh, compare? We'll look later more specifically at the, the, the structure of the CRT, because this will, um, this will help us when we're looking at maximizing duration and, and deferral. But what we've looked at here, in many cases, when we've got the, uh, the, the client who um, is looking at utilizing this full stretch using the CRT now, in many cases, there's not a lot, there's not much desire for income from the surviving spouse's standpoint. So instead of rolling the, the IRA to the spouse, they'll name the CRT as the beneficiary of the IRA. The IRA assets upon the IRA owner's death will go into the CRT. The spouse will be the initial income beneficiary. But in many cases, and we'll look at later how this is possible, the spouse will put the trust into deferral. The spouse isn't actually going to take income from the CRT. 
um, which allows the investment advisor just to grow the trust tax-free for some deferral period. And that can really augment the, the income that's distributed to the children and grandchildren later on. So we'll look at that later, but that's, that's how we're structuring Family B's CRT here. Um, you know, normally we would stagger this on different graphs, but I've overlaid them here because uh, one, uh, we're, we're trying to keep on schedule, but then two, as I mentioned earlier, this, it's not, we'll look at the numbers, but this, this isn't usually how the decision would be made. Um, usually the decision, as I mentioned earlier, is do you want the kids to get the income or to get all of the assets upon your death immediately, regardless of the tax costs, or are you interested in stretching that out, stretching the, the taking the IRA assets and putting them into another tax-free vehicle that can grow those tax-free and stretching that income stream over the children's and grandchildren's lifetimes. Once, once that decision has been made, we know which direction we're going, but sure, if we wanna look at the numbers, um, they're gonna be more compelling for the CRT. Um, we wish this is how every decision was made because a lot more CRTs would be created in these contexts. But so what we have here is the green line, the solid line is the CRT account. So we've got a million dollars coming from that IRA and the, and the CRT option, that's the green line. So we, that million dollars goes into that CRT, that's invested, investment advisor grows those tax-free. And then there's distributions. We've assumed a 5% distribution rate. Those are the vertical green lines, the distribution uh, to the, the CRT beneficiaries. If we go the, the IRA, uh, we're just gonna give all that income to the kids over 10 years, that's the red line. So the red solid line is that IRA depleting over 10 years. And then the, the, the uh, dot, the dashed red line is we take those, IRA, uh, take those IRA distributions, pay the tax, reinvest them. And then to keep things apples to apples, let's, let's assume that the, the family here takes the same amount of income from that reinvested IRA distribution account as they would from the CRT. So we're looking at things apples to apples to apples. Um, and not surprisingly, as you can see, the IRA um, account eventually runs out and the CRT uh, continues to pay out. Um, that tax hit that is incurred early in the life on, the, on that, the red dash line um, is just too much for, uh, to overcome. Um, so you can see the end result. We've got 1.6 million of total income for family A. Um, about 3.6 for for family B, so more than more than double uh, double the the income. Okay, so that we'll talk about duration and deferral. And this is you know, when we think about again, if to kind of go back to the the, the overall decision making process. Once the client has decided, yes, I I like the CRT as as a vehicle to replace the old stretch IRA. Now we're thinking about creating the CRT. And two things that, that I really want to focus on, because we just don't see this. We've looked at 9,000 plus CRTs um, my, my, my team has over the years. And when we see sort of, you know, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly. When we see the bad and the ugly, so often it's rooted in one of these two items that we'll, we'll talk about here. Not include, I mean, we developed, as uh, Jonathan mentioned at the outset, the CRT rollover technique. That entire technique is based around or, 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 or was, was developed to solve the problem of a client set up a CRT and it's just the husband and the wife. They did not 
name their children as income beneficiaries, we get 10, 15 years out and they wish they would have. And so we had to develop a technique to take the income interest and, and form a new one for their children, but they could have put their, in, their, their, their children on up front. So what there's this, it's, a, it's almost this knee jerk, a status quo, whatever you want to call it of we're creating a CRT, we create it for one generation, then it goes to charity. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with this, but if the, the, the charity is creating the CRT, that's of course in the charity's best interest. They're going to want those assets as soon as possible. As soon as possible, if we're putting the kids on and the grandkids on, of course that's delaying um, the the assets to the charity. But from the from the taxpayer's standpoint, from the client's standpoint, that's where we're looking. How do we maximize the flexibility um, that's available to to the donor, to the taxpayer? So the first part of this is duration, and you know, generally speaking, we want to extend the CRT duration as long as we can. In most cases, that's 50 to 60 years. And uh, we want to include as many family members as, as, we, as, as we can. And so when we're doing this, what we're up against is what's called the 10% remainder test. And so when we set up a CRT, at least on a present value basis, 10% of what goes into the trust uh, needs to be, uh, the IRS needs to project that will go to charity on a present value basis. We only have to pass that up front when we're creating the trust. So the way that would work for family B here, we have a spouse who's uh, 84, we have children, a surviving spouse is 84, children are 59 and 56, and you can see we have uh, four grandkids, 34, 31, 28, and 26. So what we'll do is that goes into software, and that software uses the IRS, uh, it's called the 7520 rate, and all those ages, and it's going to tell us how far we can extend the duration of this trust. So we can see in this case, you can see on the left side, we have uh, lifetime income beneficiaries, 84, 59, 56. And now for the grandchildren, we need to go to a term. We can't run it for the grandchildren's lifetimes, but we can, we can go to a term that's gonna be a maximum of 20 years. In this case, that would have failed the 10% test. So we pull it back slowly until we get right at that 10%. So in this case, they could get it for those three lifetimes, 84, 59, 56, plus 18 years, 18 years and three months. So we're, we're maximizing the duration of the, of the CRT. Second is deferral. So from, and, and really um, st structuring a CRT for deferral, whether it's anticipated it will be utilized or not, just because you're structuring a CRT for, uh, to allow the, the beneficiaries to defer income doesn't mean that they actually have to, have to defer income. Um, so in this case, we're, we're gonna be using uh, what's called a net income, net income with makeup CRUT, commonly called a NIM CRUT, and the income exception and makeup provision of a NIMCRUT is used to control the timing of the distributions from, from, this, from the CRT, from the NIMCRUT. And so this is well outside the scope of this discussion. My, my contact information will be up at the end. I'm happy to talk in detail about these structures. But at the, at the end of the line, there, or the end of the row, sort of high level, there's different ways to structure a NIMCRUT for deferral. We believe uh, a single member LLC is usually the right way to go. Um, we can use annuities and partnerships. There you have uh, tax disadvantages with annuity. The partnership requires an entire a 1065, another tax return. A single member LLC can be a way of, of achieving that deferral 
or the ability to defer and regulate the timing of those distributions in a simple and, and a less uh, complex manner. So for our family B here, and this is, I would say probably more times than not, this is the way that these will play out. The spouse will put that trust into deferral during the spouse's lifetime. So we have an 84 year old here, let's say she lives to 94. So we have a 10 year deferral. Uh, hopefully that's what I put, let me check. Yeah. So we have a 10 year deferral period up front here. So what that does, as I mentioned earlier is, and doesn't, we all know, if this is growing tax free and it's not uh, distributing uh, out to the beneficiaries, that's what that's going to do is it's gonna leave a larger CRT for the children to take income from and then for the grandchildren. So we saw uh, in this case, these are, these are lifetime income streams and then the grandchildren are, are gonna be limited to that 18 year term. I should have mentioned this earlier on duration. Well, what if there's three kids or four kids? What if the children were younger? <clears throat> no problem. We just have to adjust the planning. So some cases, if we have you know, four children, we may need to use multiple CRTs. Um, that as long as this is all done in sort of the same plan and we're using the same administrator, it's not much more complex or costly. In some cases, it's not at all more complex or costly to, to have multiple CRTs versus just one CRT. So we don't wanna sacrifice just, um, we don't wanna sacrifice extending duration and including additional family members um, just because we don't wanna have two CRTs instead of one or three CRTs instead of one. This is all possible um, as, as long as uh, the, um, the, the planning is done up front. Once the client uh, passes away, that IRA owner passes away and that CRT is funded, it's irrevocable. None of those terms can be changed. So we want to put, we need to put all that flexibility in upfront um, so we don't end up regretting it. Uh, uh, the heirs don't end up regretting it down the road. So what we've done here, just to put a, uh, well, first we'll look at the, as I mentioned, uh, uh, one minute. So I'm, I'm almost done here. I'm keeping us on schedule, Jonathan. So uh, as I mentioned, we've got that deferral period, that 10 year deferral period. You can see instead of kind of that, the bar that we saw earlier here, what that does is because it's not, there's no distributions, it, it's able to, the investment advisor gets that upfront tax-free compounding, that tax-free growth. So we've got a larger CRT, so we have more income here. So we've gone from 3.6 of uh, income to family B to five, north of 5.2. So it's, it's, uh, we're able to create more income for heirs because of that upfront deferral period. All right, so just to put a bow on everything, we're using the CRT to restore the, the, the stretch. It has to be done during the client's lifetime. There's different ways of doing it, funded CRT, unfunded CRT, testamentary trust. Um, in some cases, the, 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 spouse or the spouse will be an, an income beneficiary of the CRT. In some cases, it may be going directly to, to the, the, the children and grandchildren. And when we're designing that CRT, when we're putting that CRT in place, we want to maximize the duration of the CRT and give the client where it's anticipated, even if it's, if, if it's, if it's not 100% going to be anticipated, if it's possible that the deferral, the, the, the ability to defer income might be desired, let's structure that CRT to allow that so that the, the, the heirs uh, have that ability when they are the beneficiaries of the CRT. 
so hopefully this has been informative for everyone. Uh, my contact information is up on the screen. Uh, do not hesitate to reach out. I'm happy to have discussions around any of what we've talked about uh, here today or just CRTs in general. And thank you, Jonathan, as always, for the opportunity. Great. Great. Thank you so much, Evan, for that informative discussion on planning with CRTs. One takeaway for me is how involved and creative charitable remains or trust planning can be. Before I met Evan, I had no idea there was even a secondary market for CRTs. This area is obviously complicated, and I'm willing to venture that most people won't even try to do this type of planning on their own since it is so nuanced. That being said, it's always a good reminder to, to reach out to a specialist to execute any type of financial or investment planning for, your for you in order to ensure it is done correctly. And with that, it's a wrap for this week's show. Any comments or questions, feel free to reach out directly to me via email. I love hearing from my listeners. And if you enjoyed the show, please share it with at least one colleague, friend, or family member who you think may benefit from this content. It will help me attract an even more diverse audience and explore a larger range of financial planning topics. And finally, as I end every episode, the secret to financial success is no secret at all. It's to spend less than you make, invest the difference prudently, and ignore all the noise. See you next time on Jonathan on Money. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. I hope you were able to take away a nugget or two to apply to your own life. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can be alerted whenever new episodes drop. If you'd like to submit a question that may be answered in a future show, please email me at jonathan at parkbridgewealth.com. Be sure to check out all Jonathan on Money content, including all my articles, webinars, and videos by following me at Jonathan on Money on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Finally, if you like what you heard today, please rate the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This helps ensure that other personal finance enthusiasts can find the show as well. Thank you and catch you on the next episode of Jonathan on Money.